Blog Talk Radio. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Trey. Y'all know what time it is. It is time for In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Here with you live on a Saturday night, November the 24th, 2018. I'm Dre, he's Jay. We took our lumps on Thanksgiving, we had our feast, and we watched our football games and watched our picks go up in flames, all except for one single solitary pick, Jason having the Cowboys right by a half a point over Washington, busting up my lock of the week. Other than that, it was some crap, some crap picks across the board for us. Uh, Not a fun Thanksgiving football-wise as far as our picks go, but I'm sure Thanksgiving was enjoyable for Jason as well as myself, despite the bad pick. So, Jay, we just got to lick our wounds and get back on the horse this week. I didn't think those picks were bad at all, especially yours. Uh, They were great. Well, depends on your perspective. Yeah, no, the one in, a combined one in five on Thanksgiving. We're not going to be starting any Thanksgiving tout services anytime soon. Now, uh, being so close to, that, that's the frustrating part. The half yeah. a point for Dallas and Washington, Atlanta by one point, uh, could not yeah. cover against New Orleans. It was right there. And Detroit, uh, facing the backup quarterback, it seemed like they held their own for most of the game, and, and just the Chicago just made just barely enough plays to, yeah. to get over on the, on the Lions. If there's any positive for you, or for me, I should say, it's more so for me than for you. The positive that I came away with, not only not, not because I got a game and you busted up your lock and, you, you know, I've got to try to get a, I can get a, a, a leg up on you here in the locks, even though I'm, I'm no way pressure. behind you in the picks overall. No pressure. Well, you're the one with no pressure. You, yeah. you basically got to experience on Thanksgiving what I've been experiencing all season. Basically, watching like three quarters of three and a half quarters of football. And you know, I, I'd probably be 20 games over 500 if the games were 50 minutes long this year. I mean, ju- and just watching <laughs> good pick after good pick, just completely evaporate um, has basically been what I have been dealing with all year long. <sighs> it, it was very, very frustrating. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I must- the lion, the Lions were handling the Bears, and I, I think the one thing that we sold a little short on was just the fact that that, that Bears defense is going to overcome even lousy offense that they produce because Chase Daniel did nothing special. The Bears offense did didn't really do all that much, but you know Eddie Jackson with the with the pick six and Matthew Stafford started getting pick happy in the fourth quarter at the worst possible time, and a pick that was looking really good for us uh, went south pretty fast. Yeah, Chase Daniel made a couple throws. That's about it. Yeah, that's all uh, he needed to do. He, he did all he needed to do. He game managed it. And he let Matthew Stafford lose the game by throwing the ball to the other team and just seemed like he had a meltdown almost. Like, he was getting so frustrated. Like, how can you get frustrated? It, this is what the Bears do. This, this is what Chicago does. They make defensive plays, especially Eddie Jackson. You should you, you should know better. You should be able to get back up and, and have some professional – professional pride about yourself, but I think that might be 
the, the whole season sort of crashing down right there. That's the Golden Tate trade. That's the uh, not living up to expectations. Everything sort of all at once came crashing down on the Lions, and I think that, that all sort of compounded upon itself. Yeah, they were. I, I thought I had a. I thought we had a real good chance at, at winning that pick. Uh, the Lions were were moving the ball on Chicago, yep. and it's just right when you got to to the red zone again with those red zone walls. We've seen it so many times with different teams this year. Just you move the ball, but you can't can't get it in the end zone. Yeah, I, I want to say the point where the Lions lost the game was uh, before the pick six, obviously, <laughs> uh, but they were moving the ball pretty up pretty well up and down the field on the bears. I want to say it was early fourth quarter. They had a, a third and goal from, I'm sorry, a third and one from the two. And they did my favorite thing, which is shotgun snap and Stafford <laughs> dances around for a while and throws an incompletion. And then they end up kicking the field goal. Uh, they have LeGarrette blunt. They have carry on Johnson. I mean, they've, they've, they've got, guys back there who were toting the rock and doing a pretty good job against that Bears defense. Just zero creativity. And, and you know, it looked like Jason Garrett, you know, had, had taken over the play calling for the Lions there. Did not understand um, what they were doing in that spot and, and why that play call was all they could dial up against a defense that was that was probably just going to be waiting for something pretty vanilla, which is what exactly, you know, they got. Jim Bob Cooter, that's not a compliment to compare you to an NFL coach. Not in this case. Jason Garrett is not the coach you want to be compared to. Although on Thanksgiving, maybe he is because the the, the Cowboys look like they had a little explosiveness going for themselves. Uh, Well, the Redskins were were keeping that thing really close, and then it got away from them quick. That's another one that just went up in smoke uh, very quickly where it looked like the uh, Redskins were going to hold on to a very cheap cover staying within – seven, you know, up early, um, thought that one was going to hang on for you. And then all of a sudden I had, uh, I, I wasn't able to watch that game, but I had put my phone down and I believe it was uh 1713 Cowboys at that point. And I put my phone down and picked my phone back up and it was 3113. I was like, what, what, what happened? But I liked it. I mean, that got, that went off the rails very fast. Hey, and, uh, what happened? Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. But at least that was on the positive side for me because I ended up being the only the only win I had for the weekend or for the for the holiday. And uh, your luck in the Redskins. Amari Cooper, Jerry. <laughs> I'm loading up the the soundtrack. Hit me with the what happened? You hit me with the off the rails? You got me working here tonight, man. Yeah, but Jerry Jones said after the game, Amari Cooper must be looking for some money. And John, John Gruden is still sitting around wondering how hard it is to find a, ta- a talented wide receiver. And a pass rusher. It's so And difficult. a pass rusher. I mean, it's oh so hard. Goodness. I don't know where you Look find at all these, these guys. Ex, all these ex-Raiders making huge impacts. Man, imagine if I had those guys. <laughs> how good would we be, huh? Um, <laughs> that Jerry, Hole, Jerry Jones is a dill hole. I'm sorry. Oh, Every yeah. guy that makes a, a decent play, oh, he's – we're going to lock him up long-term. Dak Prescott is is our guy. We're going to lock him up long-term. And now Amari Cooper is looking for some money. Anyone that does anything, he's just, yeah, we're, we're going to bring them back and we're going to make the – all these championships that the Cowboys have won this millennium with all these guys that Jerry Jones keeps drafting and signing and bringing back and putting together these great teams. 
just shut up, dude. Just win yeah. a win a playoff game. Just win a playoff game and then yeah. think about re-signing and signing and talking shit like you got this great super team on your hands. Until then, shut the hell up, man. Nobody. Yeah, when was the last it. time the Cowboys were relevant? I like, don't really remember. Relevant. I mean, I know they had the the game up in in Lambeau where they got hosed on that Des Bryant call. Um, but that's about you know that that was a little blip on the radar as far as you know cowboy relevancy. It's been playoff failure after playoff failure for them. So who cares about yep. how much money you guys are making? You can't win. That season though is where this arrogance comes from. Is that one year that. Dak Prescott took over as a rookie for Tony Romo and had much more success than most people thought he would and wound up in a Pro Bowl and in the NFC title game and all that stuff. And everyone thinks that instead of thinking that was the outlier, everyone thinks that's that's the norm and Dak will just get back to that as soon as we get enough weapons around him. And I, I'm still not convinced. Hey, 90-yard touchdown to, to Amari, great job. And a 40-yarder. And a 40-yarder. He had, a, you know, but Amari Cooper's a, a great wide receiver. There was no doubt about that. He there suffers from drops. He said, I think he loses focus. Um, and apparently he was looking to get paid. <laughs> oh, Jerry Jones would be all over that then. Uh, uh, you know, there's only two things I took away uh, from the nightcap. You know, obviously that was a 14-point win for the Saints. Uh, two things aren't going to work for you if the Atlanta Falcons. One. If you get inside the, the red zone of the Saints three times and fumble the ball away, you're probably not going to win. That's one. And two, and I'm not one to ever really complain too much about this, but when you're as talented as the Saints are and you are getting incredibly cheap P.I. calls against the opposing defense, you're unstoppable. Yeah, they got a lot of help. That's, that's and sure. the Saints were getting some pass interference calls where dudes weren't even being touched. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really didn't watch that when we were on our way home at that point. But uh, all I know is the Saints were dominating in Atlanta. They got that last uh, drive to try to get the yeah. backdoor touchdown, which would have covered for us and wound up uh, getting stopped and having to kick the field goal. Am I thinking about the wrong, the wrong game? I think that's Washington that got the uh, field goal uh, that they were going yeah, for. Washington, Washington yeah, because Jordan Reed got jacked up. goal on fourth down. Yeah. Washington kicked the field goal on fourth down uh, to make it an eight-point game and then tried the onside right. kick, which they, they figured that would give them, hey, better to do that and give yourself a fighting chance than not get it on fourth down and you have no chance. So that ended up making it an eight-point game, and I was sweating that one down to the very end because I kept expecting the Redskins to get the garbage-time touchdown and the backdoor cover. Um, the Falcons got a late touchdown, but right. it never, it, it never really, nothing was really going to materialize for them. But yeah, you can't, you can't fumble the ball away three times in the opponent's red zone uh, and scoring chances. That was our cover right there. Yeah, that and and allowing uh, touchdown passes to guys you've never heard of. Like every guy that caught a touchdown for the Saints was like some undrafted free agent guy that just off the street basically. But you have Matt, Matt Ryan gets strip-sacked at the three-yard line. Uh, you have Julio Jones on the drive before halftime, gets down to about the 13 and get, and fumbles it away. It, it was it was just not their night. And uh, and, yeah. and and on top of that, um, it's dry, the Saints getting drives extended by, like, just some complete phantom 
uh, defensive pass interference calls. I, like I said, there was one play on a crossing pattern over the middle. NBC NBC only showed the replay one time quickly, probably because the call was so terrible. <laughs> but basically, the two guys were sort of like diving for the ball at the same time. Neither one of them ever touched each other, and they called defensive pass interference. Oh man, it, it was yeah, yeah, it was it was one of those, and of course, it was on a third down. They only call defensive holding and pass interference, I think, on third downs now. I don't know if that's a mandate yeah. from the league or something, but it's very noticeable. And, uh, and that's, yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, the Saints are great. The Saints are great enough as it is. They don't need help. Right. And you're right. The refs do seem to be watching very, very intently when it gets to third down. All right, I'm watching every last little bit. And if anyone looks like they might be grabbing somebody, I'm throwing that flag. Yeah. <laughs> Any chance to keep the points up on the scoreboard and keep those drives going. But, yeah, you know, it, even without that, you give the ball away three times in plus territory, you're going to lose. And you're not going to cover either. And and they still only managed to blow it by a point. Yeah, Steve Stone would have a very sarcastic uh, reaction to that. Not a good strategy by the Falcons tonight. So Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Matt Ryan – I mean, to get to, to his credit, I mean, he he lost the fumble, but it, when Matt Ryan goes out there and, you know, if I told you Matt Ryan was going to go, hear her his stats for the game, 35 of 47 for 377. Right. Two touchdowns, a pick, and then he got sacked six times, which seems to be the, the, the move now for that team, which had seemed to have been kind of shoring up the offensive line. Um, in the news this week, Dan Quinn said they they may take a look at that offensive line. There may be a shakeup on the offensive line. Really? You, you think? That'd be a good idea. Yeah, that might be a good idea. So, and Ryan also get you know decided they do a lot of deep drops, a lot of play action. So if you know if they're not blocking that up, the quarterback is very vulnerable back there. There's a lot of sacks where Matt and Ryan just turns around and then just has to duck his head because three dudes are flying at him. So, so, yeah, the yeah. little bit I saw that the Falcons were not the better team anyway on the field. But, no. yeah, they some bad breaks as, in, in addition to being outplayed by the Saints. But they very easily could have at least been 13 points, you know, mm-hmm. only 13 points worse instead of 14. Yeah, you're right. Well, like I said, we just got to get back on the horse and, and figure things out. So, yeah, I, I'm. this was a new feeling for me, having uh, the, the squad douche, the 0 for 3. I've been very successful this year in my picks, and that, that was a that was a blow. I'll admit that was that was not a fun Thanksgiving as far as that uh, as far as that's concerned. But uh, I, I just had to hunker down here and, and study harder and use more stats and, and come up with some new picks for, for the rest of, of week 12. The answer is more stats. I like that. The answer is always more stats because the stats are for more losers. stats. You're gonna are you going like super obscure here this week or uh not just, necessarily just no. a little more focus on the stats that I that I think are the the relevant ones and we already know what those are the yeah. yards per play and things like that um, and also yeah, the we trends were... what what teams oh. have been doing for for the last six weeks uh, and what is pretty eye opening to me some of these trends some teams are just just to- totally tumbling down the board in, in some of these uh, categories. 
So we were uh, very briefly, right before the show started, in the 15 seconds before uh, <laughs> the show started, talking about the fact that the lack of highlight material this week is a bit staggering. I mean, I don't know if we even have a game this weekend between two winning teams. Hmm. Uh, a quick look over the schedule would answer that question as no. So very odd. So um, I'm completely okay. However, we want to do this. I mean, I'm even okay if we just kind of non sequitur this thing, and we we can just we can just pick them and talk about them free form, and we'll still manage making the last three picks in, in 90 seconds. No, of course we will. Um, I'm okay with that as uh, very symbolic of no winning teams uh, battling yeah. against each other to just not have any highlight games at all. All these five and five teams against each other and trying to move up in the, in the rankings. Yeah. Let's just go, go through every game one by one and we'll spend however much time it deserves, uh, however much yeah. that might be. So I'm, I'm good that with that. Um, and, and I apologize uh, before we even uh, get all the way into it. I am so tired. I'm not nearly as tired <laughs> as you are. I'm sure but we, we both yeah. been working the last two days. Uh, you've been working yeah. a lot, many, a lot more hours than I have. So I've already messed up once confusing the game ending drives of the Saints game and the and the Cowboys game. So I can only imagine how bad this this might get as the uh, as the evening goes on. But we're we're gonna yeah. do our best here. Yeah, I, I went from uh, Thanksgiving. I was up at four o'clock in the morning on Friday, Black Friday. I was out yeah. the door for work at five fifteen in the morning. And I got home from work at about 9.45 that night. That's quite the day. Yes. Got back up this morning at 6 (laughs) o'clock and got (laughs) home from work again tonight at about 7.45. So it's been a couple of long days. It gets better from here on, but, yeah, my eyes are – I'm blinking quite a bit. So it might not might not uh, be the longest after show ever tonight. No, I'm I'm sure it won't on, on either one of our ends. <laughs> Considering that tomorrow is the one morning, Sunday is the one morning where I actually get to sleep until like seven. Wow. I know, I know. My wife is awesome. She she usually I don't set the alarm on Sunday, and the kids usually wake up. I'm a much heavier sleeper. And I just send a, I usually just end up kind of waking up and looking at the clock and it's like, you know, six forty five or seven o'clock and I think she just let, lets me sleep a little extra. Although my kids will probably be up at five thirty. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's the one one day of the week I don't set the alarm. I actually got lucky this morning, because uh, I forgot to set my alarm, but because my kids are human roosters and <laughs> and they are always up at this, about the same time every day, um, I managed to not have to. My little my little child alarm clocks got me up. There you go. You don't need an alarm clock. You, you got two of them right there. Yeah, and they don't and they don't even need to be wound. They're always wound. <laughs> right. All right. The rest of week twelve picks coming as, as lucidly as we can possibly make it. Uh, after I let you know that you're listening live to BlogTalkRadio.com/slash in much less detail. To listen as a podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, any different number of podcasting apps and websites. Tune in, 
MixcloudPlayer.fm. We're proud to be with all of those different services, as well as probably other podcatchers that we don't even know that we're on. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at IMLDJre. You can follow Jason at IMLDJTG. You can email us with any questions or comments. Send that to InMuchLessDetail at gmail.com. And follow our picks on our blog when we get them up after the show is over. And the blog site is InMuchLessDetail.blogspot.com. And with that, here we go trying to do much better in the rest of Week 12 than we did on Thanksgiving. Guess we don't uh, have to worry about highlight games and going up and down, so we'll just go right from the top. Let's start with the Jags and the Bills. The Bills coming off a bye and the Jags coming off a heartbreaking loss to the Steelers. Both teams are 3-7. and seven. This is a rematch of one of the ugliest playoff games you will ever see, that 10-9 to nine abomination <laughs> last season. Um, and the Jags are... We're, think, we're thought to have come out of that and uh, come out of last season to be a, a Super Bowl contender this year, and that is absolutely not the case. And yet they're still going to be favored over uh, the Bills. The project, uh, Josh Allen, he's projected, see what I did there, to return tomorrow at quarterback. Uh, so the Jags are three point favorites uh, against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of things I think here going against Jacksonville in this one, which is why I'm going to take the bills. I, and I can't believe I'm doing this. So I, I don't know <laughs> if this is just, you know, me being in a, like in a walking haze or something right now. The fact that I'm actually taking the, the bills over the Jags um, week 12 of the season, but the two factors I'm looking at one, uh, it is the return of Josh Allen. Most likely he's not prominent on the injury report at all. Um, as far as I can tell this week from what I did when I briefly scanned that, uh, looks like it looks like he will go. Um, the, the Bills offense, what as bad as it's been, has been better with him. Um, they, there's definitely, even though he's a project, uh, he's at least pr- creates a spark to that offense, and they, they do seem to be able to move the ball more effectively. He does have the added element of being able to run with the football, too, uh, which helps as well, but I, I think for the Jag, I think all the air that was left in the balloon for the Jaguars left last week after after that loss to Pittsburgh. I mean, there's no there's no get even game here. This isn't this isn't get right and get back or take out anything after that loss against Pittsburgh. I think the the wind is out of the sails. Uh, it is I think it is over for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They don't have any faith in that offense. They don't have any faith in that quarterback. If they couldn't have held on to that lead against Pittsburgh, a couple of more first downs, another field goal, anything, that defense did all they could do, and it wasn't enough. I like the Bills here to kind of squash out the Jaguars' hopes. Oof. This to I me know that, is actually—I know that's dire sounding, right? That, that's that's so that's that's so fatalistic sounding, but yeah, it, it's they're done. Bills squash out anyone is very stark sounding. It's definitely sobering. Um, To me, this is is the biggest mystery of the week, actually. To me, I'm not saying the biggest game or the most important or uh, significant at all. I'm saying this is the biggest mystery to me of all of week 12. How much do the Jaguars care anymore after that heartbreaking loss to Pittsburgh? How much or how little do they care after blowing that game? Uh, Because they could come back angry and fired up and, and stomp out the bills, or they could just pretty much mail it in the rest of the of the year and not give a damn. I'm going to agree with you and take the bills with the points, not necessarily to win, uh, oh, but I can, cute. 
Uh, getting a little cute because I can see Jack, Jackson. I can see a sort of a repeat of the of the playoff game that oh, sure. Jacksonville doesn't let Buffalo get anything at all, and then Jacksonville takes the ball and they can't get anything because the Bills' defense is pretty good and Blake Bortles completely blows. So not ten nine necessarily, but yeah, yeah, something in that neighborhood. Uh, either okay. way, if the Bills come out on top 16, this time, would we'll surprise me. Fourteen, nineteen, uh, seventeen, something pretty ugly, huh? Fifteen thirteen is my official prediction. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, on to Cleveland and Cincinnati, the first battle of Ohio this year between the two franchises. Cleveland coming off the bye, uh, three six and one on the year, but zero four on the road. Cle- uh, Cincinnati five and five, three and two at home. AJ Green did not practice all week. They refused to rule him out. He's listed as doubtful. He's not going to play. Uh, and the Browns know that. Demarius Randall, one of their defenders said that as much uh, in the media, said that if A.J. Green doesn't play for Cincinnati, uh, the Browns are going to stomp him. And to that, I would I don't have the Morton Downey Jr. Uh, sound drop on the board, but I would just tell him, hey, kid, zip it. Zip it, zip it, zip it. You don't need to do that. You don't need to tell the other team that you're going to stomp them uh, just because they're missing their, their best player, even though it, it may be true, but you don't have to go out and say that, especially when you're the Browns, you know, and you don't really have any – ground to be telling anybody what you're going to do to anyone anyway uh the 3-6-1 browns are only a one-point dog at the five and five Bengals. yeah but if there's any team that's too stupid in in this league to you know to realize <laughs> what's going on and squander billboard material it's the cincinnati Bengals. I, I believe um after the the death march that we're on here and the death watch for mike mccarthy i think we should add marvin lewis to that he's been on about a six-year death watch um i was about to say how many years have we said that yeah but, but this feels real though I mean, this is <laughs> this has gone from this has gone from us like wanting him to be fired to now i, I kind of expect that this is the end for him too i mean it, it, They've, the, the blowout losses they've suffered, the, 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 the mediocrity, I mean, seven and nine, eight and eight, that's just not going to get it done. No A.J. Green. I don't like the I don't like the Bengals here at all. Like I said, Hugh Jackson was brought in because, you know, he can handhold Marvin Lewis through what it's like to be fired. Um, <laughs> you, can, you know, well, you have to tell him, like, you know, good, good place to get an apartment and all that stuff. We talked about that on the last show. I, I hold true to that, and I think I think that the Browns uh, division matchup. I think that they're going to be a bit more ready for this one, and the Bengals are completely lost without AJ Green. So even minus the billboard material, it it doesn't matter. I'll take the Brown. I'm, I've got the Brown fever this week. Uh, so do I. My stomach is burbling here. Oh, you mean the pick? Um, no, we, we keep talking about that with Marvin Lewis. It's, it's, it feels real this time. It feels like they're ready to. to uh, we don't. It, it's, it's they've just got like, to, right? They it, have to. No, because no, it's just like Jason Garrett in Dallas. No matter how much it feels like it's time for him to go, only the dumb fuck owner can determine whether it's time to go. And if Jerry Jones doesn't ever want to fire him, he's never going to go. And if, if uh, Mike Brown doesn't ever want to fire uh, Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati, he's never going to go. And it's just you got to wait for the dumb fuck owners to figure out what's going on. Uh, but you know, I I agree that it feels like it's time for a complete regime change. But it's felt like that for half a decade, quite frankly. Um, uh, but as far as the pick goes, uh, also if any team can squander uh, billboard material, it will be the Bengals. Also, if any defense can let the Brown Fever come through and, and put some points on the board, it's it's the Bengals because they are now in this era of football 
where just points yeah. and yards all over the place. In this era, the Bengals are dead fucking last in the league in, in yards per game. The worst defense in football is in Cincinnati, and it's by a lot, too. Like, I, I think it's Kansas City is giving up 410 a game in yards, and since it's given up, like, 440. Like, they're really, yeah. really bad. Uh, so I agree. I will take the Brown Fever and, and Baker Mayfield as well. And, and I don't feel good about it, but and, and, God, the biggest draw. In a league full of atrocious defenses, they're the worst. They are the kings of atrocious. We're the kings of non sequitur. They are the kings of atrocious right now. Uh, moving on to another atrocious franchise, the Jets, and that feels like it's over as well with Todd Bowles. I think that actually is over. <laughs> I don't, That's uh, a real I, death watch. Okay. <laughs> I don't imagine they're going to be keeping him. Uh, I don't think Woody Johnson wants to deal with that anymore. You know, but Todd Bowles uh, will go back, he'll get a defensive coordinator job, and he'll be dynamite. Right. Yeah. It'll, it'll be like That's North Turner on offense. North Turner doesn't yeah. need to be a head coach, but on offense, you can make him your coordinator and, and do good things with him. Uh, the uh, and Wade Phillips on defense as well, uh, excellent coordinator. The Patriots uh, come into the Jets now, and that's not what the Jets need if they're trying to save their jobs. Uh, both teams coming off of buys. Hey, they're both fresh. It's going to be an even matchup. They're they're both coming off buys, right? Uh, New England seven and three, Jets at three and seven. Uh, even not so much. Ten and a half. Patriots yeah. give ten and a half on the road at the Jets. Yeah, it's uh, it's not enough. Um, I, I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead. I'm playing this safe. I'm taking the number. I'm giving. I'm giving them all, and I'm locking this up. I mean, Patriots oh. are gonna squish the Jets. This is, this is probably thirty-four to six territory. The Jets can't move the football. They don't really stop anybody. That, that there are no playmakers on that offense at all. Uh, the Patriots defense is really bad. It's not gonna matter. They're gonna look like world. They're gonna look like the '85 Bears the 2000 Ravens against this Jets team. <laughs> I'll take the Patriots, give all the points, lock it up, run and hide. It's more Jake McCrown uh, at quarterback for yeah, the Jets. It doesn't, uh, by the way. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It will probably be more of a lock if it was Sam Darnold, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it probably doesn't matter. I, I, uh, I concur. I'll take the Patriots and give the 10 and a half on the road. And I don't think I have much else to add to that one. Uh, moving on to another divisional matchup, it's the Giants and the Eagles, the other half of the NFC East, uh, doing battle. The Giants at three and seven. Well, they're doing battle for the bottom of the NFC East. The Giants at three and yes. seven. The Eagles at four and six. So the the loser is is completely in the toilet in that division. Uh, Giants are the still the underdogs at the world champion Eagles. I know it doesn't matter anymore that they're the champs, but. Uh, uh, the Giants are the underdogs. They give four and a half points, or they get four and a half points at Philadelphia. Yeah, well, funny thing is, is when I made this pick, I picked it actually at Eagles minus five. Well, four and a half, that's a value pick. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, and I had the Eagles at five, so I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm going to give the points. Uh, it's hard to read either one of these teams. I mean, you've got the Giants who are kind of heckle and jide. You never know what you're going to get. Um, well, no, you know exactly what you're going to get. If Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham don't just go off, they get blown out. I think the yeah. Eagles still have, even though they're four and six, I think they still have some measure of pride. And I think they're still eyeing up the division. The Redskins are wounded now. Uh, they're they're pretty much done now that you know Alex Smith is 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 going to be gone. Colt McCoy is not leading them to the playoffs. I'm sorry. 
nobody trusts the Cowboys. I think the Eagles still have an outside chance of taking this thing over, and it starts right here. Let it be known that you got the good end of a, of a point spread this time, that you always say that I'm giving it on the wrong end. And this time you had the Eagles, and you, you get a half a point shaved off. So yeah. good for you. That's right. I it's bought not a half always, point. It's not always against you. You teased a half point there. Yes. Um, it, it doesn't matter either way on the point spread because can Philadelphia's defense bounce back against the Giants is the question. And my answer is, the New York offense, believe it or not, is rolling. And, I mean, they are rolling. I believe it. They are uh, averaging 4.4 yards per carry. They're averaging 7.8 yards of throw in the air. All their offensive numbers are trending up. Uh, for comparison's sake, believe it or not, that's more explosive than the Patriots on both sides, of running the ball and through the air. The Giants are actually better than the Patriots, just for comparison, just for, just for comparison's sake. Uh, I'm taking the Giants to win. Uh, all the Philadelphia oh. Eagles cornerbacks are hurt. Uh, they actually had to use wide receivers in practice this week to, to play cornerback because that's how banged up everybody is. Like All their DBs are, are hurt, and their linebacker Jordan Hicks is hurt. So they should get run over by Saquon Barkley and thrown through the air uh, by Odell Beckham. So I got the New York actually lighting up the Eagles and raining down booze upon the stadium in, in Philly because you know how those home fans hate it when the Eagles are getting beat. Uh, we'll move on to San Francisco and Tampa Bay. is another team off to buy the 49ers. More Chris Mullen, at quarterback. Uh, uh, sorry, that's that's Nick Mullins. Uh, but I don't know who he's throwing to. Uh, Pierre Garcon and Marquis Goodwin out for this game. So more no-name wide receivers for uh, for the 49ers. We know who's throwing for the Buccaneers. Back to Jameis Winston, just back and forth, the merry-go-round of quarterbacks. Uh, but no Levante David, the linebacker. San Fran at 2-8, and eight, Tampa Bay at 3-7, and seven, uh, and the 49ers are only a one-point underdog at the Buccaneers. Yeah, interesting line. Uh, just considering you've got a, a quarterback making his third ever start going on the road and basically is you know getting two points of action moving his direction off of the standard cop-out line. Uh, I'm not buying it. Nick Mullins had his chance to feast on the Raiders and Murga and one of the worst franchises right now in football. Tampa Bay offensively is really good. I mean, they didn't look that way against Washington because they decided every time they got to the red zone, uh, you know, they decided to be sort of the forebears of what the Falcons pulled on Thursday night. And let's decide we're going to just go down into the red zone and just completely uh, crap the ball, you know, away every time. We're going to we're going to get into the red zone by five or six times and get three points for our efforts. Ugh. So that that was a complete I, I'm just bringing that up because that was such a cheap win uh, for me in that in that pick. <laughs> but no, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Tampa Bay here. I, I, the Nick Mullins love fest came crashing down to earth in the in his last effort, uh, boy, I, Dirk Cutter is another one who's trying to get himself fired, I tell you. That's another uh, one. watch. This is another one with the back and forth and back and forth of uh, quarterback carousels. If you got two quarterbacks, you don't got any. And between, uh, you know, Brad Fitzjohnson and, and, you know, and famous Jameis back there, it's like, are you, what game are you going to get? Are you going to get one of their good games or are you going to get one of their awful games? I have a feeling this might be one of Jameis Winston's good games. Uh, San Francisco is not very good. I don't like this spot at all for, for, for Chris Mullins or Dick Mull- oh, whatever the hell his name is. And I'm going to take Tampa Bay and give the, give the one. 
San Fran making the long trip to Tampa as well in, in the early uh, spot in the early game. Uh, shouldn't uh, their cutter keep his job just based on they're still number one, just based on the passing game. That's still the number one passing team in the league. With all of these machinations, they're still number one. They're still averaging 9.1 yards per throw. They're still a prolific ass passing offense. Yeah. They they turn it over like hell because they got – you know, turn over Bernie Sanders <laughs> playing half the games and Jameis <laughs> Winston isn't much better. Yeah. <laughs> Jameis is, is, is Jesse Jackson trying to give everybody things as well. So it's really, you get a, you get a pick and you get a, you get a, yeah, it's pretty everybody bad. Gets uh, a pick. Oh, everybody boy. gets some football. Um, but they're still prolific enough to beat the sad ass 49ers, I would think. So I agree, and then I'll I'll give the one point as well. Yeah, I I, I also thought that was a strange uh, spread when I saw it uh, today. Uh, on to Seattle and Carolina, one of the more significant games of the weekend. Two teams in playoff battles in the NFC. Seattle at five and five, Carolina at six and four. Should be a, a pretty good one. It's certainly an interesting matchup. Uh, a battle of guys at quarterback who can hit huge, big downfield plays and can also frustrate the hell out of you. So it's anyone's guess which game you're going to get when you got Russell Wilson and Cam Newton out there. They can both be very, very uh, aggravating. Uh, but Seattle on the road is the underdog. It's a hook. Seattle plus three and a half at Carolina. Oh, see, this one gets me back the other direction because I had ah. this one at uh, Carolina minus three. So now I'm like, oh, Christ, now I got to see. This is going to bite me in the ass, but I'm going to stay with my pick. I'm going to give the three and a half, take the Panthers at home. Um, they are a good team at home. Seattle, you know, we still have the East, the West Coast team traveling all the way across the country going east. Seattle could do that when they were bringing the Legion of Boom with them. And they were, you know, and, and they were, and they were Seattle. They were one of the teams that could overcome that West Coast to East Coast trip. Seattle's not that good anymore. I mean, Seattle's all right. You know, they're not. They're they're, they're in the middle. They're five and five. They've had some good games. They've had some bad games. Carolina's still a quality franchise this year. They're, they're probably going to go to the playoffs. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Carolina and Cam Newton. Keep it rolling at home uh, over Seattle. Close game though. So that hook scares me. A couple of uh, key wide receiver uh, outages for this game. On Seattle side, Doug Baldwin is unlikely to make it to the field. And on Carolina side, Devin Funches is definitely not going to play. Uh, but they got guys that have been stepping up in their stead. Seattle has been using Tyler Lockett downfield a lot. And uh, Carolina's had the, the rookie DJ Moore make a lot of plays for them. Uh, I think the difference will come in the running game but not in the way that the, the statistics may say. So I'm actually going against the statute because Seattle's number one in the league in running the ball in, in yards per game and Carolina's seven. But I just feel like Carolina's playmakers are a little more explosive and a little more uh, guys that you can really count on more. Uh, like I said, DJ Moore has been uh, making some great plays. Greg Olson's hobbling around and still catching touchdowns. He's That's how good he is. He still makes an impact even though his foot is – uh, probably not nearly a hundred percent. And Christian McCaffrey, I trust him a little more to make plays right now uh, in the open field uh, than the Seattle guys that are running the ball. They're, they're sort of rotating guys around and trying to find who's going to stick and who fits well. And like I said, they've gotten up to number one in the league doing that, which is great. But uh, against Carolina at home, they're five and zero at home. 
uh, I think that comes to a little bit of an end. And, and I got Carolina to win as well uh, and cover the spread. And it, it might be one of those games that gets away late that, that Russell Wilson starts to press and force it. I don't know if it's going to be uh, – I don't think the score is going to be very close at the end, so I wasn't afraid of the hook at all because I got to win it by like three scores. Oh, wow. Okay. But what the hell do I know? I just went 0-3 on Thanksgiving. Yeah, and you've anyway. agreed with me on every game but one so far. Uh, that's true. So you should be very afraid. Uh, Oakland and Baltimore. Murga at 2-8 and eight coming off a win, and I don't know who thought they were going to get another win this year, but they got one. Uh, I and did. Baltimore, yeah, you, you, you sure did. And Baltimore <laughs> at 5 at five I and five. Throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> you, you had that. I believe you had that one. Uh, in Baltimore, five and five. With Lamar Jackson once again under center. Uh, Oakland is not being uh, <laughs> favored very much by the uh, by the by Vegas, even though they got the win. Because even with the rookie quarterback, Oakland is an eleven and a half point underdog at the Ravens. Well, we've seen how good Oakland does against rookie quarterbacks. I mean, we we got to see the you know Chris Mullins experiment a couple a uh, couple three weeks ago on a Thursday night and how he torched them and lit them up, but that's with uh, that's with uh, Kyle Shanahan play calling. That's with an actual OC who seems like he knows how to get the most out of quarterbacks because that guy seems to get a lot of performance out of every quarterback he's ever gotten his hands on. He's like the quarterback whisperer now. Um, Lamar Jackson kind of scares me in this spot. I think he's going to make, I think he's going to be able to make some, some rookie mistakes. I think that the Raiders can exploit that. They're a terrible franchise and a terrible team, but I think they keep that within 12. Okay. Uh, I know. Murga. Your favorite overrated wide receiver, uh, Jordy Nelson, is expected to return as well. So maybe that'll help in your favor. Uh, yeah, they Baltimore uh, would you would think would have the pressure of trying to get Lamar Jackson to, to open up and throw the football a little more after what happened last week. Just all of those quarterback runs that they were calling, and like it, it was clear that they didn't want him to throw and they didn't trust him. I don't think they have to worry, and I don't think they have to have him throw more against Murga. I, I don't think, despite the win last week, that Oakland has turned some sort of corner and is making themselves a dangerous franchise or anything like that. So I'm going to take Baltimore, and I'm going to give the 11-and-a-half, even with a quarterback that may not know how to throw in the NFL, because that's how bad Murga is. I, I don't know when I'm going to pick him again. I still don't know, even after last week. <laughs> I'm not doing this. This isn't me uh, picking him just because of the result last week. I'm not. I'm not too keen on the fact. I'm not saying the Ravens won't win, but I, I could see this being a really ugly, like twenty to ten, sixteen to six. I, I hate to say, it, I like the under on this game. There you go. Um, no, I, I, I understand that, but I just, I, I guess I dislike and disrespect Oakland that much. The, we didn't really get into it uh, in the last show. The the quarterback is yelling back now at, at Murga. Uh, Derek yeah. Carr's had enough, and he's like arguing back and forth with him after every series. He's and sticking up for himself. He knows he's good. He knows he's a goner. He wants to time. be gone, too. Yeah, and then at the end of the game, you know, Gruden's hugging him and, and trying to kiss him and all that. And Yeah, everything's good now. Yeah, we won the game. Yeah, we love each other. Oh, okay. No, I I don't buy that shit at all. That that's just 
That, that's something <laughs> you, you don't come back from you yelled at your head coach in front of God, the world, and everybody watching uh, oh. several times. That's that's a point of no return as, okay. as far as I'm concerned. Uh, this is going to be a first for us ever on this show. I just went back here because I've been I have been kind of flying off of memory off of my picks. I picked Baltimore in this game when I made my pick. <laughs> Hang on a second. Let me consult my picks to make sure that this is exactly what I pick. Okay. I've got Philly minus five. I've got New England as my lock. I've got Cleveland, Carolina, Buffalo, Tampa, and I have Baltimore right here on my phone, minus 11.5. I concur. He warned you this is going to be one of those nights, folks. <laughs> you know how you get the puffy eyes when you start getting tired? Oh, yeah. yeah. I had that about 4 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i with you. I was about 7 o'clock or so. I was starting to nod like, oh, boy, I got to say. Yeah. And then this is around the same time that you texted me and said, um, I'm still at work. We got to make the show 10. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> And even my wife, when I told her, she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, 26-14 now. <laughs> That's what I think. Uh, that works. That covers. Oh, man. I, I'm gonna keep, to... I, well, my phone's almost out of battery, so I've been keeping it off. Because I thought, oh, I got, I got my picks memorized. I know what I'm doing. And I look at it, I was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> I picked Baltimore. Never mind all that I was saying about Berga. Take that, Berga. <laughs> Moving on to the late afternoon games. We can get everything reconnoitered and straightened down and figured out who we actually have in these games. Uh, Arizona and the Clippers. The 2-8. and eight, I'm going to give you some time to look at your phone. I, 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 I've got it now. I'm good. Okay. The two and eight Cardinals and the seven and three Clippers, but the Clippers coming off a sort of embarrassing loss last week. Uh, the public doesn't mind that at all. They're still a huge favorite. Arizona, the biggest spread of the week, thirteen and a half point dogs at the L.A. Chargers. Yeah, I'm finding the Chargers are a very hard team to figure out. I mean, the Cardinals have been a really easy team to figure out. They're bad, but yeah. the, the the Chargers are kind of up and down. You know, one you know one week everybody's talking, oh, they're going to the Super Bowl, and then they go and they just kind of like look lethargic and they lay some eggs, and I, I'm just still having a hard time putting my finger on the pulse of that team. I actually consulted my actual pick at my yeah. phone. I have the Cardinals covering this two touchdown line here, um, hmm. almost two touchdown line. Uh, I have them covering that number. Uh, they, they, they've they hung tight with some teams, and I don't think the Chargers have done anything all exceptional to show that they're uh, going to blow anybody out here. Okay. Uh, Melvin Gordon also has a, a knee and hamstring issue, so he's not a lot to play, of, according to Roto World. Uh, but, of course, they have uh, Austin Eckler as their backup running back, one of the best backup running backs this season in football. So, Maybe not much to worry about there. Um, this one is, uh, is sort of similar to Jacksonville. Uh, I think the Chargers could rebound from that loss last week and sort of, okay, we, we got to bounce back, and, and they got a nice opponent to do that against. Or they could sort of turtle a little bit and, and wallow in their self-pity. Um, and unlike Jacksonville, I have the Chargers to actually bounce back and, and smash the Cardinals and uh, they should be hella pissed, I would think, after you when you choke against Murga. I mean, come on. 
Sorry. <laughs> I, I got Philip Rivers getting angry and throwing like five touchdowns uh, coming off of that. Uh, the Steelers and the Broncos uh, could be a real good one, despite the discrepancy in records. Pittsburgh seven two and one, Denver only four and six. But Broncos seem to be tough at home and uh, always gives you a hard effort, especially defensively. And Bradley Chubb has been impressive, uh, bringing heat this year for the Broncos. So no no picnic in the park for for Big Ben. Uh, Steelers are only a three point favorite on the road at the Broncos. Yeah, despite their record, I think the Broncos are one of those teams that have played better than their record. They still have good defense. The offense has actually been um, admirable under Case Keenum's leadership. It hasn't been great. Uh, I think Denver's just been the victim of some bad breaks, and uh, I I think that for their four, for that reason, the Pittsburgh's not going to overlook them the way they tend to overlook really bad teams. So because Denver's better than I think, I'm taking the Steelers. Hmm. Interesting logic there. Yeah. Um, thank you. I, I happen to concur. Uh, oh. I was uh, very proud of my prediction of James Conner falling off last week after not having to have any competition uh, to fight off yeah. anymore now that Le'Veon Bell will not be playing this year. And <laughs> We both well, piled he... on the Steelers last week, and, and they still won. They didn't cover, but they still won. Boy, could they have lost that game very easily. Yes, they should have. <laughs> and should have. They should have. Um, so Denver bringing a, uh, an, an awful run defense, uh, giving up 4.7 yards per carry. It's, it's really – it's one of the worst uh, trends that I've ever seen when I've started keeping up with these little six-week trends. What What is a team doing uh, from six weeks ago – to what they're doing now. And Denver's run defense is one of those that I was telling you, some teams are just completely tanked at what they're doing. Uh, Denver was ranked eighth in the league in run defense six games ago. Now they're 27th. So they've just been getting absolutely gashed and actually have James Conner to have a a sort of a comeback game and make everyone think that he's better than he is again. um, And and to help lead the Steelers uh, to victory over the Broncos. So I will agree with you and give the three points. Uh, On to a battle of two five-and-five teams, the Dolphins and the Colts. Uh, But this one, again, the year-long disrespect by Vegas of the Miami Dolphins will continue in this one. Ryan Tannehill is back under center, but uh, he he says his shoulder actually still hurts, but he says he can make all the throws, so he's going to give it a go. And uh, Vegas not very impressed with that because the five and five Dolphins coming off a bye are seven and a half point underdogs at the five and five Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, and it's you know five and five isn't the same for everybody, is it? You got a lot of teams in this league right now sure that are five like and five, and you got some that are on the way up, you got some that are on the way down, and I think that this is one of those matchups where you kind of have the ships passing in the night. Uh, I don't think the Dolphins are as good as that 5-5 five and five indicates. I think they feasted on some bad competition. Uh, they won a few games kind of ugly, like win an ugly style, like the Titans did early when Tannehill was healthy. And then you have the Colts, who started off brutal, I believe, what, 1-4, one and, one and, and have now sort of eked their way back to 5-5. Uh, to five and five. And Andrew Luck and that offensive line, and they're getting some production out of the running game, and T.Y. Hilton's healthy. Uh, was it that that Lindsey, the linebacker, I believe his name is, the one who they drafted, uh, is just a, a, a tackling machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Colts are more of a team on the rise, and the Dolphins are on the on the downturn here. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give them all 
disrespect the Dolphins like like Vegas does. And I will concur with that one. It's, it's real easy for me. I'm not taking the Dolphins with a hurt quarterback the way Indy's playing. That's just asking. <laughs> yeah, we saw well that worked for the Titans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will agree with you and give the seven and a half as well. On to Sunday night football action, the Packers and the Vikings. You were at this game, right? Was that the, the first the, one? Oh, yeah. The tie. The, the, the and the one. Two tie. It was at the and one. <laughs> the, the rematch of a game where both teams and neither team at the same yeah. time deserve to win the game. The strangest football game I still have I've ever been to. Now the rematch uh, with the Packers four five and one the Vikings five four and one. Uh, give you one guess at what the spread is. Yeah, I honestly, um, and this also helped to in, inform my pick, which I guess I'll roll right into since you're about to give it to me. It's the it's the Minnesota cop out line, and yep. my my suspicion all week was that this was Vikings minus seven. <laughs> instead of Vikings minus three. So that I guess that's not any uh that's not a giveaway at all of where I'm going on my pick here. No, I am absolutely taking the Vikings. I had thought about locking this one up. Um the Packers wide receiving core is somewhat depleted. Geronimo Allison is gone, and then their defense, they lost Nick Perry and Mike Daniels. Gone. They're not going to be able to stop anybody. They already couldn't stop anybody. Now they're, now, now they're not going to be able to stop anybody even worse than they couldn't stop anybody before. Uh, I know this is a, this is a primetime game, and there's a lot of uh, stats that indicate that Kirk Cousins comes up small in primetime. I think even Kirk Cousins can do okay against a defense that has nobody in it. Um, he, we already know that he can torch that secondary over the top and how much Stephon Diggs loves the Packers. I got to witness that firsthand. Aaron Rodgers will try as he might. And maybe they'll keep that close, but I don't think they keep it um, on three or under. I'm, I'm taking the Vikings by a touchdown. We got some different viewpoints on this one. Uh, Uh-oh. Going against Green Bay, uh, in addition to what you said, you got Randall Cobb with his hamstring questionable yeah. to, to go. So they might have to rely on those kids with all the different names again back there uh, uh, as the second and third receivers. Uh, uh, Jimmy Graham is going to try to give it a go with a busted thumb, which good luck on <laughs> on that. Uh, and yes, you absolutely pointed out the key defensive injuries that I was going to point out. Nick Perry's done for the year, and Mike Daniels may be also be done for the year. Uh, yeah, very very tough uh, injuries there. Uh, but on the Minnesota side, they still are not going to have Andrew Sandejo, and that's made a difference in the last few weeks because the Vikings defense has not looked like. Uh, it usually looks they have not been lighting up people the way that they, they want to. And you saw against Chicago when they wound up getting beat up a little bit, they started trying to take some cheap shots and, and they didn't respond very well to being pushed around. They they didn't think that that was going to happen to them. Uh, the two big uh, differences in the two teams since that tie that you attended to me from what I've uh, observed, one is the Green Bay defense despite these two guys missing are actually making more plays to me than the Vikings are. Not just, not, I'm not talking about giving up yardage. Uh, they're still giving up a lot of yardage, but I think they're making more plays. I think they're actually uh, getting to the ball and, and actually uh, doing more than the Vikings are doing this year, which is a surprise. I, I don't 
know anybody that would have predicted that coming into the year. But uh, right now on the Vikings defense, there's no one, believe it or not, playing as well as Kyler Fackrell on the Green Bay defense. Uh, and Clay Matthews has been making plays uh, all year as well. Uh, it, I actually like the Packers defense a little better than the Vikings right now. And the second stark change is the, you talked about how much uh, Stephon Diggs uh, abused the, uh, the Packers secondary, but the Vikings of course have been most successful when they have one guy on one side and one guy on the other. You can't really key on either one of them when it's him and Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen has had a very steep decline this season ever since he got hurt a few weeks ago. He's been a, a ghost out there. You, you can't find him. So Stephon Diggs, I don't expect Diggs to have quite as big a day uh, tomorrow because the Packers can actually roll coverage to him and maybe loosen up on, on Thielen a little bit because he is not getting open like he had been getting. I'm going to take the Packers to win the game. I think uh, they're going to bust that windless streak on the road. They're, they're 0-5 on the road. I don't think they're going to go 0-8 no matter how much I think about uh, – how little I think about Mike McCarthy, another death watch coach. Uh, I, I just can't imagine them finding a way to go winless on the road the entire season. So uh, I'm going to take Green Bay. I think they're actually playing a little better football right now than the Vikings. Well, all right. One of our rare disagreements here this week. Yeah, and then that turned into a de facto uh, highlight games. We had a, a lot to, to say about that one. So, yeah, we'll, we'll really be watching that one uh, very closely. Um, and then Monday night, it's the Titans and the Texans uh, in AFC South action. And this one, Mar- uh, Marcus Mariota, I thought all week was not going to be able to play because I saw that injury that he had uh, against the Colts last week, and it looked like he was going to be out of commission for a while. But he's expected to go, so it looks like it's going to be Mariota under center for the Titans. Uh, the 5-5 five and five Titans are three and a half point underdogs at the 7-3 and three streaking Houston Texans. Yeah, and the Texans have been looking really good. But these are another one of those little rivalry games that people just don't talk about much. Two teams that just straight up plain don't like each other. Um, oh, man, it, this this one was hard for me because I like Houston, but I think it stays close. I'm going to get cute. I'm going to take mm-hmm. Tennessee with the points, but not necessarily to win the game. Tennessee loses ugly again. Yeah, that's why that hook is there, to yeah. entice one side or the other. Uh, this is a rematch of week two in which uh, winning ugly started basically uh, in, in this game because the Titans lost their opener and then they came home and found a way to beat Houston 20 to 17 uh, in a game that uh, coincidentally Mariota was hurt and could not that was start. The Blaine so was Blaine Gabbert Gabbert. Yeah, that was the Blaine Gabbert game. Uh, he got the win and Kevin Byard, the defensive back, threw a touchdown pass to Dane Crookshank on a, a, a fake punt. <laughs> So if you talk about the start of winning ugly, that who sounds like that guy sounds like a pirate. I'm sorry, Dane Crookshank, yar. Uh, so that definitely started the the winning ugly. But in uh, in this one, I I'm gonna make that simple, just like uh, I did with Miami and Indy. I'm not taking Tennessee with a hurt quarterback the way Houston's playing. That defense uh, is gonna get after Mariota and do some damage to him. I I got JJ Watt with about three and a half sacks and. And I got Houston uh, giving the three and a half, beating them by 10 points or so. You sound like a man who's sad he burned up his lock on Washington. Oh, sure. Because, of course, once you do that, you see four or five games in the schedule on Sunday. Oh, I can lock that. I could have locked that. I wish I could lock that. (laughs) It's always always easier when you don't have that in your pocket, isn't it? Uh Uh-huh. That's how it always works. Hey, look at that. We got all our picks in in the live show. 
this has got to be the, we in, maybe in we figured years, something out here. <laughs> we may have figured something out. Maybe highlight games have been the problem. <laughs> Not allowing us to pontificate as long as as we normally yes. would, or well, maybe also the the limited schedule. There's only uh, yes. uh, twelve That's true. twelve games that we had to get to. Yeah, but we also had to recap three games instead of one Thursday night game. So, no, what, what I noticed was that, you know, but at this point of the season, it's like the games that were the good ones, we didn't really talk, the, the good ones we talked about, and the games that were the bad ones, we just kind of blew right through. Yeah, that's true. More on our after show when we come back. We finished up in so much time, I actually got to introduce the after show. I can't remember the last time I did that either. <laughs> That's like an actual radio show. Like I know. It produ- it's like it was produced. Yeah, well, when, when you started, when, when we got to the last pick and I saw there were still four minutes left in the show, I was like, I know. I am blown away. I'm like, we're going to actually have to fill four minutes on this last game. <laughs> I was I was as stunned as you are. Yeah, we had like five minutes left for the last two games. I'm like, whoa, wow. Yeah. <laughs> we can really expand here. That, that's cool. And plus, I didn't have anything to say about the last one. Tennessee would have hurt quarterback against J.J. Watt. No, that, that, that's just no. no yeah, you know, and that one, that one scares. There's a few picks this week I'm not that confident on, but you know, that's it's just the, the scary part of picking them all. That's right. We, we can't cherry pick. We have to pick them all. No, this isn't this isn't me giving you my 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 top three of the week or my blazing five or any of that BS. <laughs> uh, so so uh, Thanksgiving went well, I'm sure. Uh, the, uh, ignoring the job. Yeah, no, Thanksgiving was short, you know, and we because we, we, we you know we left the house at nine thirty, drove like an hour and a half, hour and forty five minutes to my mom's. We were there for four or five hours, and then packed up the kids and did the drive back home, tried to time it out so that we wouldn't have to drive at night. That didn't work so well. Cause it got dark up uh, where we were at. It started getting dark at like three forty-five. Right. Yeah. So we, we didn't time that out too well. So we, when we left from there, we had maybe 20 minutes of light <laughs> before it got pretty dark. Um, and it was also like this misty freezing fog. So the roads were a little yeah. slick driving back. Um, so we, we've we've decided that uh, Thanksgiving will be here next year. There you go. You don't have to worry yeah, about that I, garbage. I, well, not just that, but the, just the fact that you're spending three and a half hours of the day in the car. Yeah. And i got to get up to work the next day at 4 o'clock in the morning. Right. So, no, not conducive to getting up early Yeah, to work. so we, we decided we're going to switch it up next year and do Christmas up, you know, up at my mom's, and we're just going to do Thanksgiving here at the house. Okay. Oh yeah, well you change it up a little bit. Maybe maybe do a rotation or something so it doesn't get stale. Yeah. So, think things well for you. Good Thanksgiving. I mean, I'm assuming it was uh, the wife's was it uncles or is that usually mm-hmm. where you go or yeah. Yeah, her, her uncle's got a nice house out in uh, in Collierville. And, uh, Which so that's a nice. That's always been a nice area. Yeah, it's real nice. Yeah, the house is huge. We stood out there for legit about. 20 or 30 minutes just taking pictures uh, in front of the house with the, with the fall leaves and the sun and oh. all of that. It, it was, it was, it was so gorgeous that 
everyone just, you know, and you know how it is when you get family uh, taking pictures. Uh, okay, now you take this, and now you get this phone, and now you take that, and now let me get the kids and sit down yeah. right there. Will you come here and sit down? Come on. No, don't run out in the street. Come over here. So it was one of those that it just kept, you know. Uh, now we need all the men, uh, all the guys. Okay, now all the women are going to sit down on the grass. And it was all the yeah. So, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Always good to see uh, that side of the uh, of the family, uh, uh, especially the one uh, the one Hollywood actress, and she's still doing her thing and trying to. Uh, she she puts a couple of pilots up uh, on Facebook that she's appearing in. So I'm just hoping one day she'll break big, so I can say, "Hey, I know her. Uh, she's 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 a big star, and and I knew her when." Oh, yeah. uh, so still rooting her on. Uh, That's yeah, you can get a cele- then you'll have to like start trying to get a celebrity on the show. Oh God! I wish she was in the sports. I could get her on the show. I don't think she's in the sports at all. But <laughs> I'll, I'll figure out something. I'll, I'll find some excuse to get her on. Yeah. So, so I also realized why we had no um, highlight games this week. Might have something to do with the Rams and the Chiefs both being off. Well, that's just two teams, though. But yeah, you're right. They're, those are two of the, the best teams in the league. Right. But... The, the mediocrity of all these matchups. I mean, literally zero games with two teams with a winning record. Everybody, that's either one team. Yeah, I mean that. Can you think back to when we, when we've had that? It probably happens every year. We don't notice yeah. it, but you definitely noticed it. That that's what it is. It's not just the Rams and Chiefs being off. There's plenty of teams that have winning records still that are playing tomorrow. They're not playing each other. None of them are playing right. each other. That's the thing. Because even this, even on even on Thanksgiving, we did not have a game between two teams with a winning record. Right. That's right. So, so. zero games on the docket. If I if we had a, a crack research department, we'd have somebody go back and look at this. When the last time was that a week of football happened where no games at all between two teams with a winning record? Yeah, I want to say that it's. It, it, I don't want to. I'm not going to say it's common, but I want to say I remember it happening recently. But okay, I, I don't. I don't know if I, I don't really. I, I can't say I look at the schedule every week and, and take notice right. of that specifically. Um, but but it is, it was unusual when you pointed it out to me uh, before the show. So yeah, uh, good week to not have any highlight games because. Eh, what, what and after this with? week, uh, we go back to having 16 games on the schedule. Right, and when we get to start really uh, having no detail about like any of the Raiders games at this point on, we if we spend more than fifteen <laughs> seconds on it, that, that's our fault. Yeah, and the card. Just just looking at the schedule for next week as it stands right now, there are two games on the schedule next week between teams that both have winning records. There you go. And they will still both have winning records um, after the results of this week. So it's it's not one of those where that is subject to change based on somebody getting knocked back, you know, up or down this week. So two games next that, week. That Sunday game is, is very uh, uh, interesting to me that we see it so differently that the, the Packers-Vikings rematch. I, I, I guess I'm blown away also by, I didn't say it in the show, but – uh, how great Aaron Rodgers has played. He's he's trending up, of course, uh, over the yeah. last six weeks. Uh, ever yeah. since that knee, he, he got better and better, and he's been playing better and better, and there seems to be no stopping him. 
There was this kid who was lighting it up for them in the preseason, this wide receiver, this kid that Aaron Rodgers really liked. His name is Jake Kumaro. You probably have no idea who the hell he is. But he, he, but he really was heard of him. just tearing it up in the preseason. Then he got hurt, so they put him on the IR designated to return. He was eligible to come back, and they had contemplated activating him for this game. But because they're so banged up on defense, they activated some, like, practice squad linebacker who's going to have zero impact on the game. You know, some guy they activated like, okay, this guy's special teams filler or just roster filler. If they had actually activated this other kid, I was planning on taking the Packers. It was, it came down to, so it wasn't like this was, you know, not that this guy was going to be like the, you know, the difference maker. I guess it could have been the difference maker. You get Aaron Rodgers with a target that he's friendly with, that he likes, that he wants to try to get the ball to and who, who showed some, some explosiveness in the preseason. I think it might've given them a little bit of an element of surprise here against the Vikings, but no, they, they, they bring up some no name linebacker. Who's going to yeah go out there and block on special teams. That, that, that's, that's Mike McCarthy for you. The death watch continues. You must have thought he was going to make some impact if you were considering flipping your pick for him. Yeah, so. no, I, I, I stopped myself, and I went back and said, no, I actually, yeah, I, I do believe that he would have had an impact on the game because it would have given Rodgers, like I said, it would have given him a little element of surprise. I think it would have given a little spark to that offense and maybe given them a, a big play here or there and, and gotten them a cover. But because the Packers have no forward thinking and <laughs> – two of their better players that can rush the quarterback and uh, in their linebacker core missing now. Yeah. I could see the Vikings make handling this one pretty easy. Vikings, uh, the Vikings got handled by the Packers in that first game and still escaped with a tie after they, they just exploded with a 22 points. I think they scored in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was, it was obscene what they were doing to that Packers secondary in that first game. And that kind of opened my eyes up to just how bad that Packers team is in the back end. What's the odds that Kirk Cousins can make another throw to Stephon Diggs in which that, like, well, the entire what, team has a chance to intercept it and nobody does? That was Adam Thielen. Diggs was the one oh, that okay. he hit for the 75-yarder, and Thielen was the one that he caught in the in the corner of the end zone where I thought two dudes were going to both pick the ball off and somehow the ball squeaked through. Right. Um, so well, I was there, so I, I had a pretty good view of it all. It was yeah, all please. coming my direction, too. <laughs> please correct me. Mikey, I, I had... Just going off of memory here. Yeah. So yeah, I was I was there, but uh, so I think it, it stands out a little bit more because I had to watch it happen right in front of me. But I, <laughs> right. I do worry a little bit about Kirk Cousins with the uh, the trend of him being a a not ready for prime time type player. And this is in prime time, and yeah. and you were calling how terrible he was going to be last week. You, you said it was all yeah. it was all set up for him in in prime time. In that game, it was because they were playing that Bears defense, and then he did come up very small. He came up very small. (laughs) Kirk Cousins also in prime time is responsible for one of my single favorite plays of all time when he kneeled down at the end of that first half (laughs) with no time. (laughs) You know, every time I bring that up, that's like a little gem from the past because it's like it's like one of those plays that we forget about until I bring it up. But that was Kirk Cousins' gem right there. In 30-some-odd years of watching football, we have never never seen seen a guy running a last-second drill trying to score and instead takes a knee to run out the half. That's unbelievable still. I I believe that won Worst Play of the Year award from me. And and rightly so. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's that, 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 that was an award-winning play right there by Kirk Cousins. At that, and, and again, simply overshadowed by the fact that the Washington won that game. Right, exactly. If, if they hadn't, everybody would be. Oh like, yeah, he would have got. It would have gone from a little. Yeah, it would have gone from like a come on, man. You know, one of those types of. You know, it would have been one of those. It would have gone from that to being uh, something's up with Kirk Cousins here. <laughs> it would have been like butt fumble uh, worthy. It would have been, oh. would have been meme worthy. Yeah, at least he didn't do it at the end of the game. That would have right. been even better. <laughs> but you might and as well. Time have. runs out, <laughs> and the game is over. What did he do? What was he thinking? They didn't get a chance to kick the field. Yeah, that's supposed to oh. be a. Spike Kirk, <laughs> not a kneel down. Somebody forgot to tell Kirk Cousins that the clock keeps running when you kneel. Oh, so we'll, we'll yeah, see. That, that one scares me. There's a few picks that scare me. I'm not confident about Arizona. I'm not confident about Tennessee. You like that? Oh. You like that? No. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not no, confident about. I mean, actually, I'm a little more confident about Minnesota, but. Minnesota, but Kirk Cousins scares me because if, if he does it, if if he, you know, Cousins gonna cousin, mm-hmm. not not much you can do to stop it. Yeah, so we'll definitely be watching that. I I, I don't know about the rest of the action uh, in the afternoon, uh, and, I, morning, and, I, and I had so little confidence in the Raiders that I actually picked the Ravens. <laughs> After pontificating and breaking down why you were gonna gonna take oh, the Raiders, right? Man. Watch. Watch the Raiders cover now. <laughs> Just watch. Oh, you got it set up now. That has yeah. to happen. It just yeah. has to be like that now. Uh, the uh, only other thing I wanted to get in about um, Thanksgiving as far as personal experience was um, it was the first time I had ever gone to uh, a gym on Thanksgiving to sort of get ready for the day. And I was thinking this was this big original idea. I'm going to go in the morning. Uh, the gym's open from 8 to 12 on Thanksgiving. And I'm going to go early and, and get a workout in. And, and so, therefore, whatever big stuffing and overeating that I do during the day, um, I will have at least exercised before that because I'm not going to be in shape to do anything after that. Uh, at least I would have gotten in some work before that and sort of mitigated a little bit of the damage that I'm going to do to myself. So I was very proud of that and and trying to be responsible and really did not expect the, the gym to be, uh, you know, full of people. But when I got there, that parking lot was full. So it was not an original idea at all. And there's a lot of people <laughs> in there and not only that, but it was like a lot of big brothers in there. And I, you know, I'm going to the gym regularly. So I see these people in there and it's not normally these guys. They were some, some guys that were about my weight uh, with, with hoodies on and sweating it out on the treadmill or whatnot. And I'm like, okay, I, I see what they're doing. And a couple of them, I think, were like sort of giving me the eye, like they were looking at me like I was like, maybe it was my first time there and I was trying to do the same thing they were doing. They were sort of giving the, you know, the, the what's up, you know, the, the, the head nod or whatnot. And I was like, okay, I see you, brother. I see you. I appreciate what you're doing. And, you know, it's not my first rodeo. I haven't seen y'all in here very much, but it's good that you're in here. It's good that you're doing something. So I was just very glad to see that a lot of people were trying to do the same thing and sort of get that workout in before and get ready for, for all the feasting and the eating that they're going to do. So uh, I was very proud that, that, I, that I did that. And a lot okay. of other guys are there doing it too. 
Yeah, I, I didn't overdo it. I, I didn't uh, overstuff myself at all on Thanksgiving. I had you know, one, one plate of food and a piece of pumpkin pie, and I, I was good. I did snack a bit during the run-up because that's, that's, where, that's where Thanksgiving gets me. Right, you're it, waiting for this it, big dinner. And yeah, like, ah. so that's what gets me is the picking at the cheese and crackers and the, mm-hmm. the spinach dip and the M&Ms and uh, the grapes. Yeah, I'm picking it, just picking at all the little side dishes was getting at me. Yeah. So by the time dinner yeah. came, I, I didn't need to eat six helpings, you know, it's one plate of food. I was good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. That that weight to the to eating is, is killer, but uh, what what set it off for us uh, is that we're the ones bringing the turkey. So um, I'm sitting there watching uh, the wife get the turkey ready and I, and I got to get ready to lift it and put it in the car and, there's also a, a pot of uh, uh, string beans that she made as well that I had to put into the car. So I, I was waiting for her to give me the okay to, to start doing that. So I didn't have to sit there uh, waiting for, for the, you know, sitting with all the side dishes around me and smelling all the macaroni and the dressing and everything else. Cause it wasn't there. It was at her uncle's house already. We were the ones bringing the turkey. They were waiting for us. I don't know how much snacking everybody else did waiting for us to bring the bird, uh, but but we're the ones that brought the bird and came through a little later than normal. We, you know, took a little longer than we thought. It was, it was a big bird. I, I did my part. I picked the bird. I, I went to the store and, and brought it home. So I got the the eighteen point seven uh, pounder, I believe, uh, is how much the bird weighed. So it was a big one. So, so it took a little longer than my wife thought, but she she did a great job on it. No, oh, well that's good. That's good. Everybody enjoyed it. Nobody got sick. That you know, we we had no salad. We we took a hard pass on no. any salads. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my 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 sister kept trying to get me to eat all this romaine lettuce that she got a good deal on. I, I hope you passed. I really really oh. hope you passed. Oh why was there so? Oh no no I'm, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just kidding everybody. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nobody always was, tried to murder me. And it continued uh, on uh, because yesterday I went to Target to get uh, a frozen pizza for dinner. Well, I went to Target for other reasons, but I, uh, the wife texted me to pick up a frozen pizza and, and, a, and a salad kit for dinner. And I go over to the area where they would have salad kits, and we got some black shelves with areas that salads used to be sitting. Yeah, uh, because Target got rid of all that, and I'm sure every other store did the same thing. But yeah, you can't go and pick up a salad like you normally good if if you were in the mood to do that then you already know that those things have been destroyed and taken out back and i hope they've been destroyed i hope they're not trying to uh, like give them to the homeless or something like that because that would really really be shitty if you know what i mean yeah yeah and so the the time that i did not spend on thanksgiving driving or you know being a passenger on the way back or you know visiting family or eating food or nibbling um was spent with my phone shopping because you can do all your black Friday shopping now from your phone on Thanksgiving. So I pretty much handled my entire Christmas list with my phone in my hand without having to leave the house. That's very nice for somebody who has to work like 15 hours on black Friday, who doesn't get to participate in the stampedes and the trampling and the shootings and the stabbings. Um, (laughs) You know, so somebody who doesn't have to participate in that to just be able to pick up my phone and punch a few things in and here come all the Christmas presents. It, it's very nice. And today I come home, there's a pile of boxes in my living room for the stuff that I ordered. 
How about technology, huh? How about I love it. Yeah, you know, there's people who think it's the devil. I absolutely love it. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it really is. Uh, I got, uh, when we get off the air, what I got waiting for me technology-wise is just along the lines of things that I never thought that, that I'd be able to do with things that we couldn't have possibly imagined when we were uh, younger is I got all these songs lined up from YouTube that I get the link to it and put it through this website uh, that converts it into MP3s on my computer. And then I can drag it onto the iPod. And now I can listen to any song I want uh, uh, anywhere I go. So I've just been loading oh, wow. up my iPod uh, oh, with sure. all these different songs getting ready for this uh originally it was getting ready for the cruise that's coming up uh, around Christmas, but uh, it it just, you know, you go from one song to another, to another, I'm sure you went through this, you know, when, uh, uh, when Napster first hit or, or whatever Mm -hmm. services where you could listen to where you finally realize, Oh my God, the songs that I, uh, from 1984 that I never thought I'd hear again. Now I could go find and hear again. And you go from one song to the next to the next. And I've been doing that with all these MP3s and just filling up my iPod. And I, I cannot believe some of the songs that I've been uh, downloading that I just never thought I'd find or hear again. So technology is a, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. I, I will randomly just spend an evening with my phone and my headphones and my way my wireless headphones on and just get lost in my Spotify account. Sure. And, and it becomes sort of like a, you know, almost like a non sequitur way of listening to music because You'll have on a track, and then if you drag down to the bottom of an album or something, there, there, then there's more recommended tracks. And you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you, you just find yourself like, it's like watching YouTube. You just find yourself like ping-ponging from from thing to thing to thing. And then all of a sudden, you're populating a playlist or, or favoriting a track. And oh, yeah. No, I absolutely love the ability to do that. And, and YouTube's another dangerous one for music. Oh, absolutely. You, there's, I just got there's some stuff on youtube that i like i like you said i thought i would never run across again i went down a sort of a classic rock rabbit hole right before the show so you would have been very proud of it i went from layla to uh oh. something about by led zeppelin to the who so i just was you know, going on this, this and you can get lost in that you can go on a dance track rabbit hole and yeah i've yeah. been going through i've been going down several different rabbit holes lately so it's been it's been great yeah, I, I do that uh, quite occasionally, especially given, you know, I have a long commute to work and home. So uh, I, I, those, a lot of any of those drives are filled with music or audio. Audio books are my thing, too, and podcasts, you know. And I'll go back and listen to some of our shows and <clears throat> some other some other themed shows that I listen to. Um, it, yeah, so it, it definitely makes that, that 45, 50-minute commute that I have pretty much fly by. Yeah, but I just got to go look up the soundtrack to the movie Rush, and I'll be just about complete. Uh-oh. Are you, are you, oh, you, I see. You're getting ready for the cruise. All right. So that's, a, that's an inside joke for, for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if we bring up the tape, people are like, what's tape? Yeah, what, what is <laughs> What is? Oh my God! The 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 girl that's the actress that's uh, she's twenty seven. But some of the things that we were talking about, and she's like, "What's that?" We brought up uh, we were talking about LPs, and she said, "What's an LP?" Oh, oh my God. God! Oh no! I'm yeah, what's so a forty five? Right? A forty five. I I broke the whole thing down to her: the EP, the LP, the the, yeah. the slow play, and the forty five and the thirty three. And she was just like wide eyed and. She, 
I, I didn't even get to the 78, but she, <laughs> she didn't know what an LP was. I was just trying to give her the basics, for God's sake. Yeah, you know, like a record? <laughs> What's a record? She's, she oh. seemed to know. She seemed to know what a record was, but when you when she oh, when okay. you said LP, she her face just well, went that, blank. But that's because records are like kind of cool again now with like the hipster crowd. Well, if you're into like any dance music or club music, you know what a record is because that's what the DJ is putting on. And, and no, but and I mean, actually buying music on yeah. album again has become kind of cool, but in an ironic kind of way. No, you're right. Uh, that reminded me of that I saw that at Target yesterday. There was an album section, and I'm like, "What yeah. the hell?" Like, why and I had we, to stop yeah. just be, just to respect <laughs> the album. I had to stop and flip through the albums just so like the you, old you days. You, yeah, you and you and Doc Brown were riding around in the DeLorean <laughs> previous to that. I'm like, what the hell is there an album <laughs> section? <laughs> Pink Floyd right and uh, <laughs> right and the Tang. <laughs> and the tab, the, the cans of tab cola. <laughs> they probably still have those in the basement at Woolworths. Yeah, the rats are chewing on that right next to the bubble gum. Huh? <laughs> oh God, we're so old. <laughs> oh. And you know, and the baseball cards that actually they had like the the century old stick of bubble gum in them. That was it was so it was calcified it was so hard when you got that gum yeah. and you you couldn't even chew it it was so hard that's how old the well, gum no, was. Well, no, you would was. bite into it and it would break apart into like hard just crack. pieces. Yeah. yeah, just crack your teeth. That's how old the gum. Was. <laughs> and there's oh. a Steve Bouchel in every pack. <laughs> of course. Oh man, I, re- I I got a pack of basketball cards when I was I think in high school, and the only guy that was of any kind of fame that I wanted to, that I, I kept it for like years, hoping he would become big in the in the NBA was Corliss Williamson, the former Arkansas oh. power forward. Oh, sure. And I, I was, remember him. I was just hoping he would become an all-star and then I could make a little money. Of it. He didn't. He turned into shit. He wasn't nothing. No. No, no, no money being made off of Big Nasty. And all the other people in that pack were so, they were, they were so much busters that you, I already knew <laughs> that they weren't going to turn into anything. <laughs> Well, yeah, so so yeah, it's funny that you were bringing up LPs and somebody's like, huh? What? She literally was like, what's an LP? People who are who are who are younger, you know, millennial age, and yeah. Uh, yeah, they they don't get any of the old references, and it's just it's so sad. It, it, it's sad just because how old I am, how old we well, are. Well, I'm, you know, I'm I'm thinking about my kids. My kids are growing up with all, they just know nothing but this technology. Right. They don't have any idea about anything and other this than is that. The, yeah, this is the world that they live in. They're not living in, you know, if they want to li- my daughter wants to listen to music. She knows how to open up Spotify and go to her playlist and play the songs that she likes. She doesn't have to sit there with the tape player listening to the radio with her finger <laughs> on the button waiting to hit record because you wanted to record the song you like. And I still have every tape. last one of those tapes because that's how valuable they were. Because they, because I was like, yeah. oh my god, I got that song, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> you got the mixtape, and you, know, you don't always get it right when it begins, or sometimes you get the damn right. DJ talking over the beginning oh. of it, or singing with it. That's the that's the one that made me want to do. <laughs> like, shut the hell up! <laughs> you can't sing. Why are you singing the song? Will, yeah, so my kids will never never go through that. It'll be, oh yeah, I want to hear this song. I'll either watch, they'll, they'll, my daughter will do the same thing. She watches her videos on YouTube. 
she, you know, she, she knows that music from there, or she she knows it on the phone because she's got my wife's old phone. Um, you know, it doesn't have a SIM card in it, so she can't make phone calls, but she uses it like a like an iPod, you know, and it's got right. a nice protective. We put a nice protective case on there. And did I tell you, did I tell you the story about that? Uh, I don't remember because I've told the story uh, about how my daughter all of a sudden had Netflix on the phone. Is that a different story than when she was was purchasing movies and you didn't know? Oh yeah, that was when she was doing it on Amazon. That was years ago. That's when she was like two. Oh. We, I come down the <laughs> stairs and all of a sudden she's watching. I'm like, "What are you watching, Trudy? I'm watching Sleeping Beauty." And I'm, I take another two steps and I was like, "What?" I was like, "Wait a minute. <laughs> we don't own Sleeping Beauty." Yes, you and all do. And all of a sudden, I give her the, get, grab the remote and I click out, and like we owned a lot of movies. It was like $44 <laughs> worth of movies that she bought <sighs> because we didn't have it parents passcoded. No, no, no. So my daughter has this, you know, my wife's old iPhone, and, and it, so it's all like deactivated. You know, she can't use it as a phone anymore. And I'm sitting there, and she comes walking up to me in the bedroom, and she puts the phone in my face and goes, Daddy, can you put in the Netflix password? And I, I you know, I'm kind of like half asleep, and I grab the phone, and I'm like, Wait a minute. <laughs> I was about to do it, and I was like, Trini, how did you download Netflix? I asked Siri. Oh. <laughs> I was like, you, you asked Siri? Yeah. She got the big, like, the big toothy grin, even though she's kind of like, you know, missing teeth, and some are just starting yeah. to come in. So she's got that, she's got that six-year-old smile. And yeah. she's like, I asked Siri. Like, she's so proud of herself. And I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. So I put the password in for her. I'm like, you know, they, you're a smart kid. So and they, they have their little kids' version of Netflix that we let them watch. And, you know, they're not oh, watching that's... Narcos or anything like that, you know. <laughs> that was my next question was, what, what is she <laughs> trying to watch on Netflix? Is she yeah, trying no, to watch Orange is the New they Black? Their, they, they know that they go to the profile for the kids' account. So they go over to their kids' okay. profile. No, we, and then. Yeah, I do. A, I try to do a pretty good job of keeping an eye on on the stuff that they're watching. Um, Daddy, you know, I saw so the show with the prisoners and the little women in the jumpsuits, oh, and it was dirty. Boy. Oh boy. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think my wife would be too happy if Trini was watching Orange Is the New Black. <laughs> uh, you'd have a lot more questions, I'll tell you that. <laughs> So yeah, no, the kids and technology—it's just like everything right there. She keeps. She walked up to me uh, yesterday, she, or this morning. I couldn't remember which one. Everything's a jumble. And she walks up to me with it, and she's like, "Daddy, I want this game." And I looked at it, and I was like, "Well, that game costs money." <laughs> and so I was like, "No, <laughs> I will not download that game for you." So I've I've asked some I've asked some people, uh, you know, like family and stuff. People were looking for like gift ideas for her to get her some. <laughs> You know, like a gift card that she can that we can load up on there. So when she does want a game, I can, uh, you know, download the game for. Her. There you go. I'm starting to try to teach her about money. <laughs> but she's a kid. You know, there is no such thing as, as not enough money. Just I want that. Yeah, it was like, I looked at it. I was like, no, that game's like three dollars. It looks stupid. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I was like, it doesn't even look like it's worth fifty cents. It looked really dumb. Like you, Trini, don't you have a good enough to, things to do with the free games that I download for you? Although the free games on these phones are just nothing but advertising. Oh, sure. 
You play the oh, game for 15 seconds, seconds and you've got to watch a half-minute ad. It is mm-hmm. just – and then, of course, the kids don't know everything, so they're clicking the ad. Oh, look, that's a game. No, 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 that's not another game. They're trying to get you to buy something. Click the X. Always click the X. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, it's it's a different world than, than what yeah. we grew up in, completely different. Yeah. I mean, I'm starting to my, – my DVD collection is starting to whittle away because it's like, what do I need it for? Yeah. I can just stream everything. Yeah, uh, my wife is sounding more and more like you guys wanting to cut the cord on cable like every I did, day. I did that three years ago, and I have never looked back. Just just, just some some advice for you. I, I We don't regret it one bit. We're saving like 80, 90 bucks a month. And, and that's the – Incredible part is that you're as big of almost as big of a sports fan as I am, and yeah. that's why that's why I'm afraid to get rid of cable because of all the sports that I fear I fear that I will be missing. Sure, but you, yeah, at you the moment I'm, at the need. moment at the moment we're running PlayStation View, which is one of the streaming services where you get all the live TV, like 80 stations of live TV. Yeah, so I still get my ESPN and NFL Network and. My, my my local Fox Sports region, and you know, then we have Netflix and Hulu that we pay for. But even for those three services that we're paying for, um, we're still saving like eighty bucks a month over what Directv was getting from us. Wow! Yeah, that, that's incredible. So you guys have a home line still, phone line? No, we just have our cell phones. Oh, okay. Yeah, we don't have a so we're not, home line either. We just, have, we, just pay, we just pay charter for internet. That's all they're getting from us. Right. Yeah, and, that, and that would be charter, the... Yeah, charter, I don't know if you have Spectrum down there or charter, but that's who, that's who ours is, and they are notorious for just random failures. But when it works, it works great. Hmm. Well, I can't say uh, Comcast doesn't have internet feel, failures as well sometimes. No, so. We've experienced some here right on this show. <laughs> Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. So that that's the big thing is if we got rid of cables, I would have to find a new internet provider. But yeah, yeah, the the, the charges are ridiculous. So it is something we definitely have to consider. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, I know I've advocated on this show before about the joys of cord, cutting the cord, but yeah, it is uh, it is not something that I have ever even remotely looked back into. Um. In, into going back to it, you know, and the nice thing about the, like the, the TV streaming services, they're all month to month. So during the summer months, I like when we had uh, last, last summer, the one that we had, I just let it lapse. I didn't, it just like, you know, deactivated the account and we went like four months without any live TV in the house and nobody noticed. Hmm. Because the kids were either just watching YouTube or watching Netflix or playing outside no, nobody noticed that we didn't have a live TV service, and I didn't finally re-up it again until football season came around, so I could watch, you know, Sunday night and Monday night football. Right. Huh. So, yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been pleased. So that means I'm only actually paying for that service maybe eight, you know, six, eight months out of the year, which saves even more money. Right. Yeah. Oh, that uh, sounds like something uh, we're definitely going to have to to look into. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. 
I'm, I'm sure the cable companies and the satellite companies don't want to hear me say that, but it, it's a thing now. It's a real thing, you know, and enough consumers go that way. It's going to force these other places to have to compete or they die. Yeah, I was about to say they know. They they know that it's uh, yeah. coming down to the to the wire for all of them. Right. And all the all the customers that they're losing, it's getting like really really dire. I'm yeah, sure. And we'll see the, the 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 thing that kills cable and satellite is the bundling. Like you basically you pay all this money for cable, and you watch ten channels. Right. And there's a hundred channels of garbage that you don't watch. If you just said, hey. Nineteen ninety nine a month, and you could pick twenty channels. Then you'd be okay. But the problem is that they run into all these issues because you know, well, maybe Viacom owns this certain number of channels, and Disney owns this certain. So they make you take the packages instead mm-hmm. of just doing the pick and choose. Well, once if they went to a an a la carte model, and then just you know, and then you just basically pay per channel, uh, they'd be wildly successful. I would be all for that. I'm, but um, it's, it, it, it's not the cable companies and the satellite companies that are that are the obstruction here. It's the actual, you know, there's only a, a handful of companies that own all these channels. Yeah, that's it. That's just the media conglomerates. Yeah. Yeah. So that's who's blocking this. So I, so kings of non sequitur. <laughs> yeah, because you made me think about all the channels that we have that we will never watch. I, I yeah. As much sit around as I watching am, Lifetime, you really sit around watching a lot of Hallmark Channel. As much as I am for multiculturalism, I have zero need for twenty Mexican channels. I'm sorry, I just don't. <laughs> I don't need it. I don't speak the language. I don't. Hello, I don't need. Nueve. I don't need. <laughs> I don't need ocho <laughs> nueve diez or cinco or is or any of them. Um, oh, yeah. So. Yeah, Galavision yeah, was Galavision one of them for a while. <laughs> I that sounds that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, no, there's just so much. Even on my PlayStation View, where it's like where I get I'm getting 80 channels. You know, my wife watches some TV on there because she likes watching it on the View because we can DVR because we get free DVR service with it, and it also has a lot of old recorded stuff. So my kids can go back and watch like every episode of like Mickey mouse clubhouse if they wanted to, not that they're into that so much anymore, but it was handy when they were into it, you know, a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. But the whole point is though, even if I went through, you know, and I look at like her favorites, there's maybe like seven or eight channels that are like the favorites. And that's about it. There's just so mm-hmm. much else. No need for all the rest watch. of it. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the killer. You're right. Yeah. And then why do you need to have a lot of live TV when it seems like most of the best produced shows on TV now are all on the streaming services, Amazon and Netflix? They're the, it was funny that they're the ones that win all the Emmys now. Well, Netflix should. They have 7 million original shows. <laughs> they should be some quality in there. And, and Amazon Prime has a bunch of them now, too. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other service that we technically pay for, but we're we just are Amazon Prime customers, so you automatically get all the Amazon Prime streaming stuff. But that's mainly something that we always do for the free shipping, because I've got a whole living room full of boxes that I didn't pay a single dollar to have shipped. It can't be free shipping. So yeah, but uh, I'm I'm about talked out. How about you? 
Yeah, I was going to ask if you have anything else, but I guess that would be about it. I used up all my energy. I tried not to sound too <laughs> gassed here on the show, other than not knowing what pick I was making in that Oakland-Baltimore pick. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm flipping around results and touchdown drives and everything, so yeah, I'm I'm right with you. I, I don't know how I sounded. I think you did ah. a, a very good job. So I, I tried. I tried. Yeah, I, but no, I am. I am. It's almost comical if you could see me how my eyes are basically like just slits right now. Yeah. I, I totally understand. All right. So uh, the recap will be uh, Tuesday night. Will, will be good. Tuesday, unfortunately, I work. So if we're doing Tuesday, uh, it'll need to be at ten. Okay. Otherwise, it would be Wednesday again. We were otherwise, back to yeah. Bowling. Otherwise, it'd be Wednesday at ten. Tuesday at ten, I'm actually okay with because I'm off work on Wednesday. But I know you're not, so it's going to really come down to more which night you want to do it. If you'd rather I'm do off. it after bowling, or if you'd rather do it on Tuesday night. Yeah, I'm off work Wednesday. I'm just I have to bowl in the evening. That's all. Oh um, well, there you go. So I would say let's do Tuesday night then. Yeah, that's that's fine. I can do uh, Tuesday at ten. That, that works. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm all right with that. All right. So Tuesday, 10 p.m. Central, 11 p.m. Eastern to recap the rest of week 12 in the NFL, which will get kicked off tomorrow and end on Monday night. And yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. We we went a lot longer in the after show than I thought we would because yeah, we, me too. Well, we always do, though. We always a little do. non sequitur there. Yeah. And what do we disagree on? Four games? The, uh, you usually memorize those and, and nail that number, so you're probably right. One, two, three, four. Yep. <laughs> okay. And I did that without looking because I didn't write down. You know, it, was just, it just felt right. It felt like four. <laughs> it felt like about four. <laughs> it felt like about four. So there you go. All right, Tuesday for the recap show. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. And we'll be back Tuesday. Everybody enjoy your slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details